Hello, it's Chris Bubich, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. They come from all corners of the world, and they descend on towns everywhere. Burlington, North Carolina, Idaho Falls, Idaho, Lexington, Kentucky, Wilmington, Delaware, Springdale, Arkansas, Papillion, Nebraska, and Kansas City, Missouri. What do all these men have in common? They work together to win. It's time to talk to another Royal on Clubhouse Conversation. What's going on, Royals and baseball fans? Glad you are along for another edition of Clubhouse Conversation, the place where we catch up with all your favorite current and former Royals players. It's Davo, and today it's Chris Bubich that joins us on Clubhouse Conversation, a guy that was drafted by the Royals in the first round, 40th selection overall during the competitive balance portion of the draft last June out of Stanford. Left-handed pitcher Chris Bubich, a guy you're going to have a lot of fun getting to know the next 30 minutes here on Clubhouse Conversation. So he begins 2019 in the Lexington Legends starting rotation and off to a great start. My goodness, these numbers excite me. 16 innings, Chris has struck out 27 hitters. That's almost, well, it's over a strikeout and a half per inning, almost two an inning. 27 Ks in 16 innings to go along with only four. Four walks. Yeah, that'll play. A 2.25 ERA, his first three starts as well for the Legends. A guy that's six foot three, a lefty, like I said. He started his pro career last summer with the Idaho Falls Chuckers as a Pioneer League All-Star after a great career at Stanford. He grew up out in California. He has an interest in sports broadcasting, which I'm excited to talk to him about. That and so much more as Chris Bubich joins us right now on Clubhouse Conversation from Lakewood, New Jersey, before the Legends play later on this evening. Chris, first of all, thanks a lot for your time. Second of all, I'm excited to talk to you. How's everything going with you? Good. I'm doing well. I'm excited to get off a good start here uh, to this uh, to this season and, and happy that everything's healthy and everything's feeling good. Good. Yeah, you guys are currently uh, in Lakewood, New Jersey, playing the Blue Claws. What is Lakewood, New Jersey like? Lakewood. It's actually a pretty. I, I think it's a pretty nice city. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of things to do here. We're about 10 minutes from the Jersey Shore, um, and there's a lot of different activities. The stadium is uh, is beautiful. I think it used to be a play park, and uh, it's been it's been great here um, over the last day and a half, two days. Nice. So you're close to the Jersey Shore. Are you going to channel a little inner Polly D? Do some fist pumping out there. Go out there do a little t-shirt time. Are we going to see any of that this weekend? Maybe. I mean, I, I'm not pitching this series, but, uh, yeah, and I know uh, we did take a stop actually to the Jersey Shore house. No way. Um, when we first when we first got here, yeah. We went out to eat uh, dinner, and then it was about five minutes from our location, and, and a couple of us just uh, went by there to kind of check it out and, and scope out. That's that's awesome. We actually had, uh, for my radio station here in KC, we had uh, Paulie D here a couple of weeks ago. He's a good dude. That's That's funny. Um, and cool. Okay, so how long was that? You guys were in Hagerstown, Maryland. How long of a bus trip was that to Lakewood, New Jersey? And, and how are you liking the minor league, uh, the bus travels? Yeah, it's so far, um, it's not too bad. Our buses are actually uh, quite nice. Um, from Hagerstown to Lakewood, three and a half to four hours. And I know the trip back we have is that's waiting for us uh, Saturday evening into Sunday morning is going to be about 12 or 15 hours. So I know that's... Jeez. Probably not the greatest, but uh, we'll probably be sleeping for most of that. All right, yeah. So you are able to sleep on the bus then? You're one of those guys that can get away with that? Uh, so, so. I mean, sometimes I'm, if I'm tired, yeah, I'll, I'll pass out pretty quickly. But a lot of times, I mean, I'm staying up or watching movies or TV shows or, or something. And obviously, I'm a little, little uncomfortable on a bus ride sometimes to, to try to sleep. Um, but overall, yeah, I'll, I'll try to get some good 
Fair enough. Okay, so you're off to a, a great start this year, man. So 16 innings. I love the strikeouts. 27 Ks, only four walks. 27 to 4 K to walk ratio, 2.25 ERA. So, I mean, how much fun are you having right now? It's been really fun. I mean, for me, I think the biggest thing is just attacking hitters. Um, I think we have a we have a great staff overall. That really, I think we've really hit our stride so far and had a good start to the year. I think uh, pitching coach Mitch Stetter here in, in Lexington has done a great job with me and the whole staff. And I'm really confident and trust all the catchers. And, and we've been calling great games so far through these first three starts. Yeah, well, 90% of people listening have yet to see you throw in person, obviously. So so give us a scouting report uh, of what pitches you throw, where you sit and top out at, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, I'm a fastball, uh, four-seam fastball, circle changeup, and then a traditional curveball. Um, for me, my fastball is usually in the low 90s, probably anywhere from 90 to 94. Um, I'll pop out at probably 95. Um, but, I'll, yeah, I'll usually cruise around 90, 93, 94 in that range um, for most of the game. And then uh, my changeup is probably my go-to off-speed. Um, it's been that way for a while, all through college. Um, but, yeah, that's usually about 10 or 12 mile-an-hour speed difference for my fastball, so probably around 80 miles an hour, 78 to 80, 82, kind of in that range. Uh, my curveball is a pitch I've been working on for the last few years. Um, it's kind of been my third pitch, but I've been working hard to develop it. Um, but for me, I, I, when I'm throwing it well, it's usually about in the high 70s, anywhere from 76 kind of to 80 in that range. Um, and for me, I, I, uh, my mechanics are a little funky. Um, uh, I've been compared like, to, to Clayton Kershaw and kind of the hitch we have in our, our deliveries. Um, but, yeah, I, I come up. I'm, I'm nice and quiet until I come up to my balance point. And after my balance point, I, I separate my hands, my, my glove side, my front arm gets really high, and then I kind of dip low on my back leg. Um, and then after that, it all comes together, and I and I think think in motion towards the plate, and then I follow through. I don't I don't consider myself to be a, um, someone who's like super herky jerky, but um, I think all, once all mechanics come together, it's fairly smooth and. And I'm, I'm throwing with intent to the plate. Okay, so I know in college, uh, like you mentioned, your changeup was kind of known as your best pitch. Um, so, do you still consider your changeup to be your best pitch? Because I know uh, our, our good friends over at Royals Farm Report wrote a nice article about your last start um, this morning. They noticed that uh, you didn't use your changeup too much as the putaway pitch. Um, does that kind of change start to start, or is that a pitch the change that you use more when you get behind in the count? Or I mean, how does that work? Yeah. So for me, in college, especially, I think. I was able to get by as a starter with, with mainly two pitches, and that was the fastball changeup. But ever since I think I've made the transition to pro ball and, and, and using my fastball in, uh, on the inner half of the plate more often, I think, um, and my ability to b- develop a curveball over the last 12 months, um, I think just having the more confidence in that and more trust in that, I've been able to use it a lot more, not necessarily putting the changeup aside, um, which is – being able to, to have more confidence, and, and obviously I want to be able to throw the curveball more and more and, and bus counts, behind and counts, um, and, and to be able to do that, you have to throw it in games. Um, and I've been able to do that um, through these first few starts, and, and I've, like I said, I, I worked hard during the offseason to develop that. Um, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's my primary off-speed now, but I think maybe just the use, usage wise through these first three starts, I've been able to rely on it a bit more than what I have pretty much my whole career. 
Okay, very nice. So the change is still very much there, but you're working on that third pitch. That's a good problem to have, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah, I'd say so. I think, um, yeah, obviously as a starter, you want to have at least three, maybe four pitches. Um, as I keep progressing and get and get better and better, um, hopefully I'll add in the fourth pitch eventually. I don't know what that will be, but um, right now, yeah, settling on those three pitches. Okay, so let's talk about uh, 2019 more a bit later, but I want to learn more about you growing up. So you went to Archbishop Mitty High School in uh, in San Jose, mm-hmm. California. So did you live in San Jose your entire childhood growing up then? Yeah, so I lived actually in Cupertino, California. It's right uh, right outside San Jose. I drive two minutes and I'm in San Jose. Um, but yeah, I live about a few minutes from that campus, and uh, it was great for me. I mean, we had a legendary coach there, Bill Hutton, um, and... and just great memories there as a, as a player and as a student. Um, and it really helped me develop both physically, mentally, and, and going forward into college and, and now pro ball. Now, were the Giants your team growing up, I'm guessing, or was it the A's, or did you have a team? Yeah, so what was the Giants? I know uh, Royals fans probably aren't too happy to hear that. Uh, obviously, <laughs> the Giants beating them in the, the 2014 World mm-hmm. Series. Um, but, yes, yeah, so it was the Giants. I went to a bunch of Giants games. Um, growing up and, and whatnot, just being in the area. Um, but, yeah, growing up as a Giants fan and, a, and just a Bay Area for, sports fan in general. Was Mad Bum your guy growing up? Funny, okay, funny you ask that because, actually, growing up, um, obviously I'm not a Dodger fan, but Clayton Kershaw was a guy I watched a lot. Huh. Um, so I, I kind of idolized him growing up and, and maybe try to imitate his mechanics here and there. Um, but... But Clayton Kershaw, actually, I, I obviously I still watch Mad Bum being in, in San Francisco and all, but Clayton Kershaw, I'd say, is probably the the primary lefty I watched the most growing up. So is it is it fair to say that while all of us in Kansas City were sobbing after Game 7 in, in uh, 2014 that you were a bit happy? I mean, the, before your Royals days, obviously, so you didn't know you were going to be with Royals, but were you a pretty happy guy mm-hmm. that night? Do you, do you remember watching that World Series? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the Giants won three. We're, we're lucky enough to win three in, in five years. But, yeah, that 2014 one, Mad Bum just went off in the World Series and, and basically put the team on his back and, and carried them to that to that championship. That was pretty sweet to watch. And I know we were celebrating in my house and <laughs> excited to. That's great. Yeah, Joe Panic made a hell of a play in that game, too, to, to save a couple runs there um, at second base. So there's been a ton of famous people who went to your high school, by the way. Um, Brandy Chastain, Mitch Haniger, Trevor Hildenberger, Drew and Aaron Gordon, Kerry Walsh, Jennings, even a, a former Royals pitcher, Chris Cotaroli, uh, went there mm-hmm. as well. Did you ever get to meet or know any of those people I just mentioned? Yeah, so I actually went to school. Uh, so Aaron Gordon was there. I know he's on the Magic now. He was, he, uh, obviously, he had a, a good showing in the dunk contest a few years ago, but he was he was two years or two grades older than me. So when I was a sophomore, he was a senior there. Um, so I got to watch him. Obviously, he was selling out and dunking all over people in high school. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, getting to watch him was pretty cool. I actually, uh, about Mitch Haniger and, and Trevor Hildenberger, I actually work out with them oh. um, in the off season. Um, I know Mitch is, is still pretty tied into the, the Bay Area baseball community and Trevor as well. Um, so getting to know them on a personal level has been cool as well. Yeah, Mitch, man, hitting out of that two-hole in that potent offense there in Seattle. He's a hell of a player. Um, mm-hmm, yeah, he's, 
yeah, he's turned some heads lately. For sure. Um, so a junior in high school, then you were eight and two. You had an 0.89 ERA, then a 1.20 ERA as a senior with 82 Ks and 70. So who were, who was, or who were some of your biggest influences in teaching you the game of baseball? And then where did that passion really come from growing up? Yeah, I think ever since I was, like I said, I don't know, as far back as I can remember, being four or five years old, I always had a ball in my hand. I think that that comes from my parents, um, just watching a bunch of sports growing up. Uh, they let me play a bunch of sports growing up. I played football, and once I got to high school, I played basketball and soccer as well um, with baseball growing up. Um, but I think just once I got uh, to high school, Bill Hunton, like I mentioned earlier, was a big influence. It kind of just opened me up to the, the possibility of playing college baseball and, and, and baseball beyond that. Um, yeah, growing up, I had a bunch of coaches. There's a lot lots of name. I think I'll, I'll point out one of them. His name was Dean DeSaw. He was actually a Little League coach, so as far back as that. He was a Little League coach that kind of taught me how to pitch and, and taught me my mechanics, uh, maybe not as exaggerated as I have them now. Um, but he kind of taught me the basics behind pitching, and uh, we still keep in touch every now and then. And I know his son is actually playing at Long Beach State now. Oh. Um, but, yeah, he, he was a big influence kind of in getting me started with the foundation of pitching. And then there's actually uh, my club coach, Eric Raish. Um, he, was, he was the guy that actually taught me my changeup um, at the time when I was about to go into high school. And, and he and, and I took off with that, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for those two to kind of set the foundation for me and, and kind of going through high school, college, and, and allowing me to, to have success. Yeah, so you mentioned playing some football in high school. Um, I read you were second team all area as a kicker. So what's the longest mm -hmm. longest field goal you ever made, and then did you get recruited at all for college football? Okay, uh, so in practice I actually made a 60-yarder. What? Um, yes, wow. maybe a little wind-aided, but um, and in high school we used one of those little skinny block things uh, yeah. for kickers, so. Uh, you can you can knock it all you want, but in the game I'm in a game I made a 44 yarder, um, so that, that was pretty far. I figured going into my senior year, kind of the story behind me kicking. So going into my senior year, a lot of people that was after I committed to Stanford to play baseball. Um, so the kind of the word around the school was that I wouldn't play because of the injury risk and whatnot. Um, but I figured with the with the soccer background that I had, um, I'd give kicking a shot, and it worked out pretty well. Um, but I, yeah, because I was committed to, to Stanford to play baseball, I didn't, I didn't have any, didn't have any interest, let's say, kicking or, or punting in, in college. Although, I mean, I would have, I would have entertained those opportunities if that came about. What? Uh, okay, that that make. What did you play before in football? Before you know, were you a quarterback or something? I'm guessing. No, actually, I, I cannot throw a football like I throw a baseball. Really as funny as that sounds. Yes. Um, but yeah, I was a receiver my freshman year and then I ended up being a tight end because I got a little bigger so I ended up being a tight end um, for our high school team and, and we ran a triple option offense so it was a lot of blocking and, and moving around but uh, I was able to hold my own and, and kind of go from there. Okay, so somehow you weren't drafted out of high school. You went to Stanford, obviously. I'm guessing you just told teams you wouldn't sign. Is that what happened or did, or did people really just whiff that badly? Yeah, I think, I think going college was, was a really good decision for me. Um, obviously the main goal for me was obviously everybody, everybody in my position wants to get to the big leagues. If you have any interest in, 
professional stats. I mean, the, the number one objective is to get to the big leagues as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Um, but for me, I think going in, I was a little maybe naive in high school, um, but going into college was definitely a good decision for me. Um, it allowed me to develop physically, just get bigger and stronger, because obviously playing a pro schedule, um, you're pitching every five to six days. Um, it's definitely a grind um, on the body and on the mind. Um, but for me, going to college was definitely eye-opening for my maturity mentally, and just just to just to allow myself to develop, um, kind of understand who I was as a person, who I was as a pitcher. I think going to college in a place like Stanford that's so competitive, and the environment there kind of breeds success. I think going there was was a great decision, um, just to allow me to develop and, and have success or set me up for success going into the future. Absolutely. One of the best schools, period, baseball and academically. So your your first year there, uh, you were kind of a swing guy, did a little both starting and relieving. But then sophomore year, 279 ERA as a starter, 96 Ks and 90. I want to talk about the, the summer after that, um, when you went to the Cape Cod League, you were pitcher of the year in the Cod, 4-1, 165, 41 Ks and 32 innings. So the Cape Cod experience, how big of an honor was that and what was that experience like? Yeah, that was that was an incredible time. Um playing for Scott Pickler, obviously he's a legendary coach um, in SoCal baseball and then also in the Cape. Um, but yeah, for me, that was that was just kind of an extension for me in my sophomore year. Um, that was kind of when I started to see results kind of happening for me um, throughout that sophomore spring season and then going into the summer. I think that's that's when the changeup took off and then the curveball as well started to, to kind of come into form because I didn't really use it too much during the spring. Um, but obviously going into the summer ball, a lot of guys going into the summer ball, they want to work on something or, or just get innings and whatnot. But for me, the big emphasis was the good that summer. Um, and I was just in a great location. Um, obviously playing in the Cape, it's beautiful out there during the summer. I had a great host family, um, and we still keep in touch to this day. And just, just everything there was, was perfect, and, and that was just a great experience for me. Okay, I've interviewed a few other guys um, who played in the Cape Cod League, and they all said no to this question, which shocked me, because there was a baseball movie kind of about the Cape Cod League. Please tell me you've seen Summer Catch before, the movie. I have, yes, I have. <laughs> okay, was it accurate at all? Was there was there a, a super hot town chick that went for the pitchers, or <laughs> what was that like? I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, the, the Hollywood takes takes their own spin on stuff. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool to see the Chatame kind of that materialized into a Hollywood film um, with Chatham and, and kind of just to get to get to see that play out on a, on a TV screen. And then we got to experience, obviously, that firsthand as well. Hopefully no uh, no snack bars or press boxes burned down while you were out there. <laughs> no, no, fortunately. Uh, okay, so you were a communications major um, at Stanford, and last summer you went 8-1 and one with a 2.62 ERA. Um, all Pac-12 team. Uh, but so communications major, you want to do some baseball broadcasting, hopefully 20 years from now after you play. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the dream job for me has always been to, to play, obviously, as long as I can um, for 10, 15 years, however long it'd be. Um, and then kind of you see a lot of former players kind of go into the studio and, and go into the broadcast booth and be maybe a color analyst or a studio host for, for a team or just for MLB Network or something like that, or ESPN. Um, that's always been an interest for me. Obviously, I watch a lot of sports, and I've been always fascinated by 
by just broadcasting and just understanding the game from a player's perspective and and as a fan watching a, a former player talk about his experiences and what he sees on a field. Um, so I think for me, uh, that'd be that'd, that'd be just a great opportunity. So hopefully, with the with the communication degree and and that would hopefully get me somewhere. How many more hours do you have left, or did you already finish? I'm actually done. Yeah, I was wow. fortunate the Royals allowed me to go back um, this fall to finish up, and uh, I did. So I'm I'm completely done with college and got my degree and. and thankful for that i'm impressed so one of my best friends is jeremy guthrie um and he once you know got taken out of stanford after his junior year they went to the cws and then he went out in the first round signed with cleveland he didn't finish till he was 38 his degree but he got it done have you met jeremy before? i have not no I, i'm definitely familiar with him but i've not met him in person no okay he's great you'll love him like the, the coolest dude ever mm-hmm. okay so let's talk about when the royals first came into the picture then uh before we get to draft day uh, when was the first time you remember the scout was Josh Hallgren? Uh, you know, when do you remember him seeing you the first time, or when were you kind of aware the Royals were really interested in you? To be honest, I didn't. I heard from them early in, obviously, the fall and the college season, um, just like the standard questionnaires and the meetings and all that. Uh, but to be honest, I did not. Um, I think it was it was strategic by them, but I did not hear anything from them really during the season. I think that Josh just kind of let me be throughout the year, wanted to see how it progressed. Um, because I think scouts different how they approach approach the draft. Some like to talk to you a lot. Some don't like to talk to you at all and kind of let you do your thing. Um, but for the Royals, yeah, it was kind of let me go out there do my thing and and then go from there. Okay, so were you ever here for a pre-draft workout? I was not. No. Okay. Oh, have you been here before at all? Yeah. So I've been. To, I actually signed in Kansas City. Okay. Uh, the way so the draft happened and we were, we were actually still in school. Um, so I had to finish up another week and a half, two weeks of school, and then they flew me out to Kansas City to sign, and then I got to see the stadium and everything. And then we actually had uh, an orientation. So the whole 2018 draft class actually went out this past January to Kansas City, introduced to the front office and everything that Kansas City had to offer, so that was pretty cool as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Now, were you expecting the Royals to be the team that would draft you? Like, let's think back to a day or two before the draft. Did you think that was a strong possibility, or were you surprised? To be honest, I was a little surprised. Um, I, I knew some teams that had some interest. Like I said, the Royals remained pretty pretty quiet in the whole thing, um, and I guess um, kind of came about late. Um, but I, I'm definitely grateful to be drafted by them. It's been it's been great being here so far, and it's been this, this past almost year or so been been tremendous, and just the hospitality here and the generosity that this front office shows and the whole organization as a whole it's been it's been a blessing so far where were you at when you when you got the news you'd been drafted who was with you and what was that moment like yes yeah, so uh we were actually in our locker room at stanford uh, we had a little little watch party um so our shortstop nico horner was drafted by the cubs um i believe the 24th overall pick and then uh tristan beck who was drafted in the fourth round by the braves um, we were all there kind of just watching with the team and with our families. Um, so, yeah, we were in the Stanford locker room, and I got the call from my agent, Adam Karen, and, and he kind of let me know the situation, and, and, and the rest was history. 
Okay. Now, there's only two affiliates I've yet to been to, Idaho Falls and Lexington, the two that you've played for I've yet <laughs> yet to been to. But you spent uh, last year after you signed with Idaho Falls. We're a Pioneer League all-star. So you mentioned how beautiful the Cape Cod was. I'm assuming that part of the country and the Pioneer League was, was beautiful as well. What was it like, uh, you know, pitching for Idaho Falls and your favorite memories of last summer? Yeah, it was it was awesome getting to see that part of the country. Obviously, I'm not too far away in California, but um, kind of getting to see the, the nature – um, in the Northwest and, and going through those bus rides as well. But uh, definitely a great experience to just get my feet wet in, in pro ball and kind of introduce myself to how it worked the five to six, five to six days that we were starting. Um, and then we also had a great pitching coach there, Jeff Supon. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have heard of him, big league veteran. I mean, he's, he's seen it all, 17 years in the bigs, I believe. Um, so he was, he was a great introduction, introduction for me just to kind of learn how to prepare yourself, how to how to get ready for a start, and how to just um, having him there every step of the way through my first month and a half, two months, because uh, you can't. Uh, a guy like that has has tons and tons of knowledge, so it was great to great to learn from him. Does he still wear like Hawaiian shirts every day, like he did when he pitched here? He had like a Hawaiian shirt for every day of the week. Does he still do that, or are those days gone? I I think those days are gone. I didn't. I, I, <laughs> I may be wrong, but I didn't see him wear a Hawaiian shirt when we were there. But, okay, all right. Um, yeah. I love that guy. He's a good guy. He's a funny guy, too. Um, okay, so a few of your teammates I wanted to ask you about and give some love to. So a guy we had on last year, Jonathan Bolin, a fellow guy that was drafted with you. Uh, tell us more about him. Yeah, he's he's a great guy, one of my closest friends here in the organization. Um, obviously a big guy. He's 6'6", 250, so he's up there with – it's the biggest of them, um, but he's a he's a great guy. Got great stuff, um, fastball slider changeup, and and he's been he's he's the nicest guy you'll meet. Um, he works hard on and off the field, and got a great family. And, and I can't can't say anything negative about the guy. He's just been great. Uh, Jason Guzman, a guy that I continue uh, to hear a lot about from scouts um, up the middle there on defense for you, and the bats coming around. Tell us a little bit about Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also another. Tremendous guy. I think that's a theme in this organization. High character amongst pretty much every player is there. Um, but also another great guy. Um, really good with the glove and, and just a good athlete. Um, like you mentioned, the bat's coming around, and, and I know he's he's young, but um, he's coming. He's he's a great talent. He's a great athlete, and it'll it won't be too long before everything clicks. Yeah, and one other guy, uh, Michael Gigliotti. Talk more about him coming off that injury and, and how good of a start he's off to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Giggs, another high-character guy and a leader on the field, off the field. Um, pretty much as a vacuum in center field. He'll cover a lot of ground and run down anything. At the plate, he's, he's had a good start to this year. Obviously a guy who gets on base a lot and can hurt hurt you with his speed, and, and he's been a, a great leadoff man for, for Lexington so far. Absolutely. Well, before we let you go, we always end with uh, 10 rapid-fire questions to get to know you a little bit better. You ready to answer some random questions? Let's do it. All right. We talked a bit about baseball broadcasting earlier. Um, who is your favorite broadcaster or broadcasters to listen to? Say, I got to be Vin Scully or Crook and Kipe with the Giants. Great answers, especially the Vin. That's good. That's good right there. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever? Did, did you do any broadcasting for the student station there or anything? Any play-by-play? I did not. No. Okay. Have you ever turned the sound down on TV and recorded yourself or, or done a little play-by-play for fun? Actually, I have not. That's something I probably need to do. Um, 
I think that'd be a, a cool idea just to kind of see how that goes. But I, that's something I probably need to get into. That'd be a good idea. We had uh, Paul Splitorf as a Royals Hall of Fame pitcher. After he finished, he used mm-hmm. to go out to uh, high school games with his tape recorder and just practice like at high school games. And then he made himself into a great broadcaster. He did uh, Big 12 basketball and Royals. For you, should, you should ask him sometime, like uh, a day you're not charting or starting, go up there and, and do a little demo one day in the, in the box up there, man. That'd be kind of fun, right? Yeah, that'd be That'd be awesome. I mean, I'd, I'd love to learn, and, and obviously I'm not, I'm not too familiar with everything broadcasting-wise. Obviously playing baseball takes up a lot of my time, but right. um, it'd, be, it'd be great to learn. How, how cool is it having your own baseball card? Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, getting, uh, getting to see that, obviously you, you grow up um, seeing your favorite players on cards, and, and I've been able to, to get my family and friends um, some cards just to, just to have as kind of a, a memento. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Obviously, you grow up idolizing guys and, and wanting their cards, and obviously looking at their their stats on the back, and that's it's pretty cool to kind of be a part of that now. Did you ever collect autographs or cards growing up, and do you still have them? Yeah, um, I was in. I was. I wouldn't say I was a huge collector, but I, anytime I I I'd try to get an autograph when I went to a game or a ball, um, I'd say the the biggest autograph I actually have is is Willie Mays. Um, wow. That's a pretty pretty good autograph to have. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm fortunate to have that one. Have you seen the Glenn Hubbard bobblehead with a snake around his neck yet? I have not, no. Oh. Ask him about that one. oh, it's the best. It's this Lexington bobblehead they gave away two years ago. He's got like a real furry beard that sticks out in the bobble. There was a car to him in the 80s where he had like a boa constrictor around his neck or something, but it's on oh the car. It's on the bobblehead. You got you to gotta check that out, man. It's legendary. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to ask him about it. They go for like 150 bucks on eBay. They're not cheap. Um, okay, wow. so dogs or cats, which one are you more of a fan of? Dogs. Okay, all right. Favorite baseball movie? Uh, Sandlot. Okay, when I got my first paycheck at 15 years old bagging groceries, the most random thing I got was a Royals beer insignia, which I still have. What's the most random, fun thing you got with your bonus? The most useless thing you probably shouldn't have bought, but it was just cool to buy it, so you bought it. Anything stick out? Uh, I'm not much of a huge spender, okay. um, to be honest, but I, I will say um, I, I did get a crock pot and some cooking oil. <laughs> to, to have. I'm, I like to cook here and there. No, I'm not a Food Network chef or anything like that, but um, I'll do a little bit of cooking here and there. That's just like a left-hander to say crock pot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how good will the 49ers be next year? I, I guess I didn't even ask if you're a 49ers fan. Are you? Are you? I, yeah, I, I I follow them. Um, to be honest, probably more of a, a college football. And I just prefer the atmosphere and, uh, around college football and just the games themselves. But I do follow the Niners as well. And I think um, so the NFC West is getting interesting. Obviously, the Rams are pretty strong, and the, the Seahawks are always in it. Uh, I think they could be 8-8, eight and eight, um, potentially make a run in a at a, at a playoff spot. Hopefully Jimmy G stays healthy and they go from there. Yeah. Okay, last two things for you. Um, you and I both love baseball, broadcasting. We were both, from what I read, both have awesome moms. It sounds like you were raised a lot like I was by a single mom who was an awesome an awesome woman. Mother's Day's coming up. Give a little shout-out to your mom. Tell us about her. Yeah, she's great. Um, she she will stop at nothing to, to provide for me and, and, and make sure I'm – I'm healthy. I'm happy. Um, she's come out here already to, to Lexington. Um, she watched my first start, actually, and, and she'll be back uh, probably around Mother's Day, so I'll get to get, spend some quality time with her. Um, but she's she's 
everything to me. She we talk every day, uh, and she she actually understands the game as as well as I do, to be honest, because she's watched so many uh, so much baseball, so many games, so many different sports through the years. Obviously, living in the South, she gets stuck watching what I what I'm whatever sport I'm watching on TV that day. So she she is as athletic and and knowledgeable as as you will get uh, when it comes to a to mom knowing about sports. I love it. I love it. Okay, and last thing for you, in summary, what would you like to say to Royals fans listening right now? I'm excited for the future. Obviously, uh don't want to look too far ahead, but just want to be where my feet are well, but I'm excited. I mean, we got a lot of great prospects um, and great talent. Um, obviously, in here in Lexington, Wilmington, and throughout all the minor leagues. Um, and I'm excited to, to continue to, to get to know every, every Royal fan and um, for you guys to get to know me. Um, and yeah, like I said, excited for the future and, and what lies. Well, we're we're so happy to have you in the organization. It's it's fun uh, following your your progress already. Um, look forward to seeing you later this summer, possibly in Wilmington or wherever it may be. And I know you'll keep uh, keep doing the best you can and keep working hard. And we're pulling for you, man. And, and thanks for your time. And hope to, hope to catch up with you down the road in the future. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, take care. Have a great day. All right. Bye.